Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Searching for something to put a smile back on your face. Just remembering unusual times that can come from an unusual place. You need a partner for the ride, cause everybody needs a climb. So set your worries to the side. Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience. Do you not want to wait? Neither do we. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Dear Diary, I am so over my skank-ass co-host, Jessica Sterling. All she does all day is talk about Leo season, talk about how she's the best ever. I just want her to go away. Why can't she just take a hint? I love skink ass. <laughs> we need to bring that back. Did it go away? I don't think people call each other skink asses anymore. Skanks. Like skanks. I don't even think people use skanky anymore. What does that even mean? I feel like it should be smelly, but it's not. It's like you're like dressing provocatively, right? Dear Diary, Jessica Sterling is such an idiot. She doesn't even know <laughs> what skank means. I am so over her. Tis true. And my mom sucks too. Yeah, mom sucks. I know. It was so funny watching Abby like the guffaw that Abby had when she was reading Abby's diary. Andy, wait, Andy had when she was reading Abby's diary kills me. The one thing that we have out of all this talking about looking on the bright side um, is that now we will not get confused by Andy oh, Abby anymore. Yes. Like, why? Why did they do that to us? Where it's two names that start with a end in an E sound and it's two syllables. It's too much for us. Obviously, we couldn't handle that. So that is the bright side of Abby's passing. Honestly, one of the only bright spots. We are here talking season two, episode 19. <sighs> Abby Morgan is dead. She is gone forever. It is confirmed with this episode, considering. Well, 
Well, well, is it confirmed? True, it? true. We will talk through all of the possible ghosts. Yeah. Uh, but we are talking rest in peace, Abby Morgan, or Abby Morgan, rest in peace. Yes, um, formerly known as just rest in peace. Yes. But it got changed. Yes. This is a big episode. This is one of the big episodes. I mean, last episode was huge. This is like just like the continuation of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we start things off. In Dawson's, ooh, they're heading to Dawson's house. They're getting hot and heavy. We got giggling. We got kissing after. I mean, okay, once again, if you didn't listen to last week, I did do some minor, like, catering for, Mm -hmm. like, in my previous life for extra money. And, um... It you are so gross after a catering job. You're like you're feeling you're sweaty. Like, yeah, you're sweaty. You like have food spilt on you. Like I was always sticky for all the champagne Ugh. that I spilt on myself. Yeah. Or like I always got dish duty, which is so ironic because you know how much I suck <laughs> at dishes. You take a million years to I'm, do dishes. I'm I've a really never, slow. I've never dishwasher. met someone who is a slower dishwasher and I don't understand it because <laughs> I literally did dishes on my lunch break today and it took mm-hmm. me 20 minutes and I don't and I that was washing and putting them away. Yeah, I I'm just like a really slow dishwasher. But um and so like I always wind up like I just got out of the pool. Like I just <laughs> like just like I'm Abby Morgan getting out of Dawson's Creek. Into the body bag. That's how wet I am. (laughs) Just like, just like Jen's sweaty bangs. But here's the thing. None of them did anything besides Joey. So Joey really is the only one who should be sweaty. Um, (laughs) Right. And And she was wet from her tears. Yes, exactly. And here's the thing. This is the exact reason why the ladder should be taken down. Because they're getting all hot and heavy, crawling up a ladder, going to do who knows what. In Dawson's Anything bedroom. Anything could have happened. Anything could have Anything. happened if not yeah. for. I'm sorry that Jen. I laugh. I'm sorry that I laugh. But she is Jen, not the biggest cock block you've ever met. In your oh life. my God. She has a spidey sense. So she. She knows that people Jen. are going to have sex. And she's yeah. like, let me go find them. Let me go find them. <laughs> Jen is a mess. Mm-hmm. A mess in Dawson's room. Quiet, crying, sweating, sweaty sobs all oh. Dawson's and bed. I don't know what it is, but Jen, here's the thing. The best part about this whole thing is Jen was dried off. Like she had a towel, she had a blanket, whatever, yeah. whatever. By the time she gets back to Dawson's, she looks wet again. Like, why does she have wet that's, head? It's I mean, That's what I'm saying. She's always her, always her hair looks like she, it's like sweaty and What wet. did they do to it? Did they just like pile on the hair gel? Like, what is that? I don't know. It's, 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 it's a mess. It's distracting looking. So, yeah. Maybe she was wiping the, her tears up. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's the seed. The sea gook again coming back at you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, Joey and Dawson find Jen crying on Dawson's bed. Great argument to take down the ladder. So she spits out that Abby is dead. She's drowned. Drowned. Dead. Dead and drowned. Yep. Yep. And I love Joey's Joey's reaction. She is very nice. Like she sits down next to Jen. She's like comforting yeah. her. Yeah. But like what a way to find out that, you know, like what what are you doing, Jen? Like go home. Like why are you why would you come to Dawson's house? Uh, I mean, I don't think it was crazy that she went to Dawson's house. I just think that 
you know, gosh, they don't have cell phones, do they? There's no, no. cell phones. Typically, you're like, I need to talk to you. Like, here's a text. Let me so maybe beep tra- you. Yeah, maybe <laughs> she tried calling and he didn't pick up the phone or maybe. something. But Dropping yeah. emails. So say, she just shows SOS. up. Yeah. Um, and then we get, uh, we're at Joey's house. She's looking at photos of her mom. She's crying. And this is when Joey's dad comes out, um, sees her, and they start talking and, you know, uh, and this makes total sense to me that mm-hmm. the death of Abby would bring up a lot of feelings in Joey, like about her right. mother's death. Um, mm-hmm. And it kind of brought up that grief that was never I don't think like it was I mean, not that you can ever resolve grief, but like she still had those lingering feelings mm-hmm. for her mom. Um, and it just got that like brought that back up for her, got her thinking, it got her remembering. Um, and yeah, this is when um Joey this is right Joey wants to like talk about her mom with her dad no Mike wants to talk oh I'm sorry I had Joey yes yeah Mike wants to talk Mr. Potter wants to talk to Joey about he's like we've never really talked about your mom or her death and then Joey in her typical Joey fashion shakes it off and says I gotta go to school Right. And I think like because they'll get into it later. They do eventually like have the conversation. Mm -hmm. But do you think it's like that she isn't in the right headspace to like discuss it yet? Or do you think it's more of like still holding on to like resentment for like his, you know, checkered past, like the affair and all of that stuff like he cheated on her? I think think? for Joey, she is. She is still in the mode that if I open up these feelings or if I open the door to this, all these feelings are going to come gushing out like the Titanic floods, you know? So she's still trying to stifle all the emotions about losing her mom to cancer, her dad cheating on her mom while she was sick, her dad's going to jail. And the more she stifles the, you know, the more control she has and the fact that like if she if Mike opens up this door then just like the entire floodgates come rushing out that's what I think yeah no you're I think you're definitely right uh but Joey doesn't have time to talk about this right now she has to go to school um and like I'm I'm just like shocked that Jen is even at school, to be honest. She keeps doing this. She did this after Gramps passed away. Yeah. You don't have to go to school the next day. You can just like take a day. Like, take a day. Take a week, you know? Like, you don't have to go back in, especially when you know going to school, there's going to be people talking. It's going to right. be the subject of conversation. You're going to be the subject of conversation. Because at this point, somehow everybody knows Jen was there. Um, I mean, I think night. it's it's a small town. So yeah, it's like the well, word yeah. gets around. And there's like a grief counselor there who wants them to share their feelings. Apparently, there are like yellow armbands in honor of Abby's memory. Yeah. The most random girl that we've never even seen before is starting a fundraiser <laughs> through the Girls Service League, whatever yes. that is. And yeah, it's for Abby's memory. Yeah. And I could tell me. I totally understand like yeah. why this would bother Jen because 
It's like no one gave two shits about Abby. Everyone hated Abby. And now mm-hmm. that she's gone, everyone's pretending that she was a saint. And so we get this yeah. grief counselor. Um, I, I, like, I don't really like how this, the grief counselor handled this, to be honest. Like, because she directly asks, like, Jen, would you like to talk about the feelings? Like, let her volunteer that. I feel like you shouldn't mm-hmm. be pushing Jen to talk if she's not comfortable. Yeah, I felt like it was pretty gratuitous of her to be like, yeah, like, let's talk about grief, Jen. Yeah, it's very like, targeted. Yeah. Yeah. And so then Jen's like, no, like, obviously not. And so then uh, she asks Andy about Abby. And Andy says, you know, she's feeling shocked. She was so alive and had such a, such a great spirit. It's a tragedy. Like, obviously, here's the thing. Like, nothing that Andy is saying is, like, offensive it's just like people have a tendency to not want to talk ill about the dead. Like that is a mm-hmm. well-known thing that usually after someone is gone, you're not going to be like, wow, they were such a fucking asshole. Like it's just not something people usually do. But I feel like Jen is not that person. And so when Andy says this, she like she loses like she up and leaves like she is out. Right. I think that Jen is just really getting sick of all the bullshit that people are spewing. If you cared so much about Abby, then why didn't you show that kindness to her when she was alive? And I think that um, I think that at this point, Jen just doesn't want to hear everybody's bullshit. Um, But I think that you know, a normal human being would act that way, would talk, would say, find something nice to say about Abby or would honor her because it's just kind of the the nice thing to do. Right. And here's the thing, like, Andy's not going to be like, she was a bitch, like, in front of everybody. First of all, mm-hmm. that is not who Andy is. Andy wouldn't talk that way about most people, no matter how much yeah. she dislikes them. Um, But this upsets Jen and she leaves. Um, and then we get the scene in the cafeteria with Dawson and Joey. I really liked this. I feel like it yeah. makes sense for them. They, I guess. Well, they, they agree that like they're going to put their romantic entanglement, which is their words, not mine, on hold. Um, and, uh, and I, I, I like this moment from Joey because she's like, can I tell you something? I didn't really like Abby. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Joey, Joey's like totally spilling the tea yeah. because she feels like she's in close quarters with Dawson. I just felt like it was kind of weird that Dawson's not really the type of person to not take the opportunity to talk about himself. And I kind of <laughs> felt it weird that he like shut Joey down about like, he's like, let's not analyze this. And he this is the second time he said that. He said that outside of the house, too. Yeah. So I kind of got was like, I felt like that was a little bit weird from Dawson Leary. But nonetheless, maybe that will come up. Well, I mean, I guess he figured it out later yeah, on Yeah, I think he just, I think he was just like in a different headspace. I feel like Abby's yeah. death impacted people differently and I think that he, I, I feel like both him and Joey kind of feel like it's a bit I mean, this is what they're saying or what they're feeling in my head is that they think it's like inappropriate that they jump into this so quickly when there's mm-hmm. like a lot of other emotions and feelings coming up as a result right. of Abby's death, right? And not only that, but right. I feel like they both feel like they need to be there for Jen a little bit and so they don't want to necessarily it's like deja vu like let's not shove it in her face again you know I suppose so yeah also that girl was like in the background was totally selling the armbands the yellow armbands (laughs) I don't know if you saw that yeah 
But Dawson feels like the situation is weird. Abby's weird. The way she died was weird. Mm-hmm. The fact that she's dead is weird. Joey confesses that she doesn't want to go to the funeral because the last funeral she went to was her mom's. And she admits that the, she hasn't been to her mom's gravesite since the three years that her mom passed away. And she feels, and this is where she says, going to Abby's funeral will open up a Pandora's box of emotion and she'd rather keep it sealed tight. So she's just trying to keep it, keep it in. Um, and like, and then Dawson like says something that kind of annoys me. He's like, your mom died three years ago. You have these feelings you haven't dealt with. How long are you planning on waiting? When, however she feels like Dawson, you fucking moron. No. Like, let her live her life. It is like an insensitive question. Because it's like, do you think she wants to be feeling these feelings of grief and sorrow and like just you know, an un- an unending grief? Like, no, of course mm. not, Dawson. Like, first of all, she was a teenager when her mother died. So mm-hmm. it's not exactly like she was an adult. I mean, not that anybody is ready, but even less so because she is still a child dealing with all of this. Like, give her a fucking break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then she says there's a part of her that, you know, wishes this was all like, basically a dream and then right. one day she'll see her mom again and Dawson's like that's a child's false hope eventually you'll have to let it go and it's like Dawson your dream is to go to Hollywood and be the next like Spielberg and you're telling Joey that her dreams are like stupid I don't know I guess like there's a difference between like dreaming a career and like dreaming that your mom will come back but it's like in this world of like let's be dreamers like let her just let her yeah. just be. I, obviously, um, I have thoughts about this whole situation, personal experience, thoughts about dealing with grief of a parent. Um, I think I'm going to save it towards the end to give like my comprehensive thoughts when yeah. she's ultimately at the grave site. Um, but it just like annoys me. I just feel like everybody grieves at their own pace mm-hmm. and it annoys me. I'm it I take it personally that Dawson I don't take it personally, that's a little dramatic, but you know, I, it's just like Dawson like just let Joey be. Yeah, I think that like there's a way to be supportive without mm-hmm. sounding like you're judgmental. And I think mm-hmm. he sounds like he's being judgmental. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like I know he he's trying to help her, but like the way he's saying it is not coming off that way. It's coming off like no. grow up. You know what I mean? Which. Oh, yeah. Th- I guess that's what it, that's what's annoying me about it. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like and it's like and I think it's worse because if I'm Joey, I say like, what the fuck do you know about this? Like you've never experienced the grief that I have. So what do you mm-hmm. know about it? You know what I mean? Like Dawson has no right to be giving advice here. All he should be doing is holding Joey's hand as she's going through this process. Mm-hmm. If anything, I feel like Joey should be having this conversation with Andy, who also lost a family member. Yeah, I almost wish we had something like that this episode. I felt like that was something that was a little bit missing because you'd think that would be something that brings those two characters together. Or Jack. Oh, duh. Or Jack. And and they are close. That's true. I just think that like... I wish that we had that moment because there aren't a lot of things here. We've had this discussion like we think Joey and Andy would make actually decent friends. They have a lot in common, but they never the only the thing that doesn't really mesh as well as their personalities are just kind of opposite. But like I wish we had more scenes of them together because I feel like I don't like when the only scenes that Andy is getting are with Pacey as much as I love them as a couple. I'd like to see her branch out a little bit more. 
I guess that, I mean, we'll make um, wishes uh, when we have our season two wrap up. But I think that right now my main wish is that they integrate the creep creeps better into one group. You know what I mean? I really dislike that there's always like groupings of two. And I just don't understand why it always has to be that way. I feel as though they can totally have scenes with groups of four, the group of six. How many people are in this creep creep? Oh, I don't know. They've they've expanded now. Yeah. I, I wish that they would just like have... The gathering. more A more cohesive hangout. Yeah. It's a lot of pairs and it's a lot of yeah. like familiar romantic pairings we've seen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, so we're in the bathroom. Andy's checking on Jen um, after mm-hmm. she leaves the grief circle, I guess. Yeah, Jen, Jen's mascara down her face. <laughs> so dramatic. I Big, love when they do that on, on TV shows. <laughs> It's so dramatic. Um, So Andy's been looking all over the place for Jen. And Jen says, like, dealing with Abby's death isn't hard enough. But to watch everybody parade around acting like Abby was their best friend, it's sickening. Yeah, I I love this. Uh, Jen says she's her only friend. And I, I like this. Andy says, I don't think it's appropriate to malign someone's character after they're gone. Which, like, yeah, I don't disagree, Andy, especially when you're in a group setting like that. Like, it's uncomfortable. What did you expect her to say, Jen? Yeah. Um, yeah, and Jen's like, it's just so insincere. Yeah. She wasn't nice. She was mean. And the least they can do is acknowledge it. Um, okay. Yeah. And I, lo- I love that she's like, leave it to Abby. Even in her death, she's exposing hypocrisy. Um, and this is when, and this, uh, yeah, yeah, Jen is like, oh, this is when Jen says, um, like, oh, if you hadn't rejected them at the wedding, this wouldn't have, ha- or if you didn't reject us at the wedding, this wouldn't have happened. It's like, don't, don't put that on Andy. Like, she yeah. doesn't need that. Yeah. She says you were at, um, that's why we were at the docks in the first place, because you kicked us out. Um, yeah. And somebody... Andy is very sensitive. She's going to take this to heart. Yeah. Like she's going to, you know, believe it. And that's exactly what I was worried about last week is that she's going to start placing blame on herself for kicking her out of the wedding. Yep. I predicted that. No, um, you did. And you were spot on. Like, I don't think she I think her guilt is probably what leads her to the whole funeral. Uh, what is it called? Eulogy situation. Eulogy. Funeral eulogy. Um, yeah. But like. But yeah, she certainly doesn't need that. And let's be real here. Jen is pretty much just shifting blame that she feels off of yeah. herself onto somebody else. And Andy is the easy target. Projecting. Yeah. yeah. It's like, come on, Jen. Um, and this upsets Andy. And then Jen leaves. Um, and uh, then we're at a really weird side plot line for this episode um we're at the leary household and gail has news to share apparently she won an award for her piece with the teenage girls as if how as if no (laughs) way this was the shittiest piece that ever existed but apparently it won an award um of excellence in news broadcasting as if um, yeah so so because of this yeah because of this she got offered a new a network correspondent job in philadelphia 
it's lots of money and it's high profile. So it seems like a good gig to have. And Dawson's like, I don't want to move to Philly. Yeah. And she's like, of course you wouldn't move. I would move and your father would move back in so you don't have to leave. And it's like. Like that's not confusing and jarring for a teenager. No, I feel like. Okay, is it just me? Gail could have waited like two days. Like Abby just died. And I feel like even though like Dawson wasn't close to Abby, it's still like a shocking thing to happen. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just I don't know. I just it's just kind of (laughs) a weird time. Yeah. She's like, how do you feel about it? And he's like, oh, like I kind of feel like really weird about it. But also I feel like I'm a munchkin from the Wizard of Oz and Abby was the wicked witch of the west and then gail's like okay that's cool now i got a promotion yeah i'm gonna gonna abrupt your whole entire life basically um and then we're at um we're at jen and graham's this is like uh, i don't know how to feel about this whole storylines episode um graham's is worried about jen uh graham's saying i always had the distinct impression she was mocking me My favorite line in the entire episode. And then, so like, good. Jen snickers, and she's like, she was, wasn't she? Yeah, wasn't she? Jennifer. Um, Jennifer. Yes. Don't take it personally, Grams. Abby was mocking everybody. Yeah. And she, Graham says, it's hard to understand why God would take someone so young. Uh, he may work in mysterious ways, but he has a plan. And I do kind of like Jen's comeback of, well, if God had a plan for Abby, she wasn't following it. <laughs> um, I just think... Like, Jen fights back. She she doesn't want to talk about religion right now. And Graham says she's here for Jen when Jen needs her. I just think, like, I don't know. I know this is Graham's own form of comfort. But, like, here's the Mm -hmm. thing. I look at this the same way I look at, like, love languages. Like, okay, just because you give someone a gift doesn't necessarily mean that gift receiving is their love language. Like, you should be actively trying to work. If you're trying to comfort somebody, use something that they're comfortable with. I feel like using religion at this moment in time isn't what Jen wants like you know it's not going to be received well so I just feel like pushing it on her right at this moment is just such bad timing yeah I guess I can only think that for Graham's being told if Graham's was told the same things that she's saying to Jen when Gramps died or when a friend died, she would feel comforted. Right. So in her brain, she's like, this is what comforts me. This is how I receive comfort. So it only makes sense to me to offer that, you know, right. in this universe, this is what was like meant to happen, I suppose. Yeah. Or that like, you know, that, she, I don't know, Abby's going on to bigger and better things whatever that may be right so um of course jen is shutting it down and she doesn't want to have this talk and she can't really relate to it um but i mean the one thing that graham should have done which exhausts less energy is saying i'm here for you right even sitting on the bed and like rubbing jen's back and not even saying one word could do so much more than whatever word she's saying just because she Jen needs to know that somebody is physically there for her exactly I just think like it's it's like the um it's like the equivalent of like if you lost somebody and like the first thing that someone says to you is oh well they're in a better place like that does not make me feel better it doesn't make you feel better but there's thousands 
hundreds of thousands, millions of people, they hear that and they're comforted by it. Maybe. So just because you and I might not feel comforted by that phrase or by that notion. Right. That doesn't mean that others aren't comforted by it. Of course. And my point is just that like Graham's at this point knows Jen well enough. She's had this argument so many times. So it's just like, and uh, this is going to be. I mean, we had a similar argument when Gramps died. Yeah. And I just think like this is, it's going to continue on through this episode. I just think that like Gramps' approach isn't always the best. And I mean, she's an adult. Mm -hmm. She makes mistakes as everybody does. Um, It's just like, I feel like this is not the right time and not the way to approach things with Jen. Um, Especially because Jen does feel lonely. And so she does need somebody, you know. Um, right. But yes, yeah, so we're uh, we're now in the cafeteria, or no, excuse me, a cafe. I wrote cafe in my notes, and then I thought I was meant to write cafeteria, and then I realized where they were. <laughs> um, so pass, uh, Pacey and Andy are in the cafe, or cafe, and Pacey is basically trying to make Andy feel better because, like we thought, she feels guilty. She, he's like, "There's no way you're at fault here. You did your best to include Abby, and Abby was." awful to you you have no reason to feel guilty yeah she was drunk she fell she drowned end of story nobody's fault least of all your own yes um andy of course still feels bad because she was being mean to the last thing that she said to abby right. was like she was being kind of mean to her she was like you know you're gonna ruin this party you gotta get out of here right. she was doing her job somebody, somebody was, was doing, doing their, their job, job. <laughs> yeah um <laughs> casey says uh, Abby was a hideous creature, the most hideous creature to ever haunt the streets of Cape Side. I feel like that was so harsh, That's but so very funny. harsh, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Andy was trying to be her friend. Um, and then, like, okay, so, like, for every time that somebody, like, railroads Andy, she comes back and, like, asserts her dominance or like stands up for herself so I kind of I really like this because like Pacey's like you shouldn't take it so hard and Andy says don't tell me how I should be feeling if I'm upset I'm upset if I feel guilty that I feel guilty I think those are perfectly valid feelings and I like that Andy was able to stick up for her emotions at that moment I think that was really great interesting how she can only like you know, stand up for herself with Pacey and pretty much nobody else. Yeah. And I wonder if it's because she just feels comfortable with Pacey. I don't know. Like maybe she feels like they're like on equal footing versus like, Mm -hmm. you know, her father who she views as like above her or, you know what I mean? I don't know. I do like this though. I, I actually like this from both Pacey and Andy. I like Pacey reinforcing the idea that like, this is not your fault. Do not feel guilty. But I also like Andy saying like, I feel what I feel. And like, I, this is how I feel in this moment. And just because it's maybe is not the correct thing doesn't mean I'm wrong for feeling this way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like a very healthy way to look at things, honestly. Um, that therapy is hopefully working for her. <laughs> um, but I yeah. think that's a nice thing to hear because it's like, I feel like that's a very common like 2021 thing. Like your feelings are valid is like a very yeah. 2021 thing to say. Not as yeah. common in the 90s. Um, I love it when the Zantac kicks in. (laughs) Yes. Um, So we see Abby's mom walk in and she recognizes Andy um, because she drove her home that one time. That one time, the Mm -hmm. uh, the episode when they won that award, when they did that award winning uh, television program. (laughs) Um, And she says that, oh, Abby talked a lot about you. And she. Interesting. Yeah. 
Uh, she asks if Andy's going to be at the funeral. And she says, oh, no one has offered to give a eulogy yet. Would you speak? Here's the thing. Usually, I mean, usually the family does the eulogy. Like, it's kind family, of strange. Like, maybe a close friend. I I don't think it's a eulogy. Like, I think, like, sometimes people, I think as many people as, just as you want. Yeah. I don't have, like, a ton sometimes, of experience. But, yeah. like. I don't know. I I mean, I understand given the circumstances. Like, it's not like mm-hmm. she was sick and this is like a long time coming or anything. Given the circumstances, I would understand if like her parents were too emotional to want to speak in the moment or something like that. Um, yeah. But poor Andy. Andy agrees to it. <laughs> Do you really think that Abby used to talk about Andy a lot? I think, I don't know. In my mind, what happens is like Abby comes home and she tar- talks like very... Oh, with a lot of snark, but her parents just like don't understand that she's being sarcastic. <laughs> hmm. I don't know why that that's how I like view it. But- I just f- would find it very interesting if she came home and she's like, there's this girl, Andy, like maybe she like just like I would imagine. Yes, like she comes home and she just yaps and yaps and mm. yaps and yaps about her day, about the teachers, about the other people at school. And I wonder if she was saying nice things about Andy. I mean, I would find it weird that she'd say nice things. Like, I don't know. But she said that Aunt she was very fond of you. I'm she, That Abby was very fond of you. But couldn't this be her mom making that up? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. That's, I'm, I'm curious what people think. Like, I'm curious yeah. if maybe she really did like Andy. Like, maybe she in a sad way like she felt like the creek creeps were like kind of her friends even though like they can't stand her but because she had nothing else and they basically gave her the time of day whenever she came around trolling maybe she found them to be like her best friends it's possible especially considering like if her mom was like oh where are you going and like she was sneaking out she'd be like oh i'm going to sleep uh-huh. over at andy's house or something oh, like yeah, that like maybe maybe that's what it is like maybe like she didn't want her parents to know that she was like such an outcast exactly. so she was just like oh my friend andy she that's, has this boy yes. pacey like i kind of think that she, he's like a loser but she's like really smart and like yeah and my friend joey like she's been through really hard times but like she's a great artist i could totally see her using them as like an excuse because we know she oh, like went out and drank and stuff so like yeah you know um yeah very interesting yeah so yeah andy agrees to do the eulogy even though um she is dreading it yeah. so pacey and andy decide that they're going to go to the memorial or the wake i like at Abby's house and Abby lived in this beautiful like Victorian type of house or like a Kate May style house yeah it's really Gorgeous. pretty which we already kind of knew yeah. we knew her parents had money um and Andy says like you know I need to I need to say something nice I need to look in her room because I need to like see learn more about her so I can say something nice and I understand why Andy feels this way because she does say like I will always remember the really nice things people said at my brother's funeral and I mm-hmm. want to like give that to to Abby's family totally makes yeah. sense yeah um Creepily enough, being inside of Abby's house is not good enough for Andy. She wants to go into Abby's room where she brushed her hair and planned her future so that she can get to know who Abby really was. Interesting concept. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jen is just drinking on the docks where Abby died and she 
like takes like people have put out flowers there as they usually do and she just like throws them in the water like jen get your shit together girl i know really yeah Yeah, she's like carnations fuck this (laughs) this isn't good enough chucks it in the water Abby only liked the color red. Yeah, she just like is, uh, she's losing it a bit. I mean, yeah, I feel bad because she's so alone in a lot of this. Um, yeah. And it, it sucks. She, this was, but... season two was really hard on oh, Jen. God. It was only terror and horrors and like and just death, d- death, despair for it's Jen. Awful. This is. Very, very hard. Um, Andy and Pacey get into uh, Abby's room. Pacey's really, really nervous that the mom is going to catch them and think that they're like screwing in Abby's room. And he's like, he's so creeped out by being in there. Andy finds her diary. And we've already learned our lesson, right? Don't read people's diaries on Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Yeah. Pacey did learn that lesson. He's like, no, like you... You should not, like, re- you should respect people's yep. privacy, even in death. Um, but Andy reads the diary, only to find the most vile things written in the diary. Dear, I love these diary entries. They're very good. Dear diary, another unbelievably annoying day here on Walton's Mountain. That slut, Jen Lindley, literally stole my new boyfriend right from under my nose. She's the bleach blonde hoe bag. <laughs> um, yeah, so that one is obviously referring to Victor. Was that dude from? I think his war- name was Victor. Yeah, that old the, guy that, who likes to hit on teenage yeah. girls. That guy. Yeah, and then I love how like. Abby, I mean, excuse me. I love how Andy and Pacey were like, oh, she was just probably having a bad day. Yeah, let's let me continue reading on about my mother now. Yeah. Uh, Dear diary, my mother is driving me insane. I hate her so much. I must be adopted. There's no way I share the same genes with that dried up old wench. (laughs) Another bad day, I guess. Yeah. And then she sees something about herself. That new girl, Andy, is such a psycho. Oh, my God. She just, uh, how many many ways can you tell a person you don't like them? Just, she just won't take a hint. And God, that boyfriend of hers is a real, and then Pacey takes it away. He's like, I don't want to know. I don't need to know. Yeah, we've read three entries now. We don't need to, like, see anything else for proof. (laughs) Yeah. I I, wish. You know how I talk about that show in Practical Jokers sometimes? I don't know if I've mentioned it. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before. There's a specific uh, joke that they do where um, they'll put themselves in, like, a public place and... um, They'll be near like a a stranger they don't know and they'll have a they'll be like, oh, shit, like this is my daughter's backpack. I thought it was mine. And they pull out a fake diary and they're like, oh, it's her diary. Should I read it? And inside are like three fake diary entries that Mm -hmm. like the other guys have written. And it is like one. This reminds me of it. Like this exact thing reminds me of it because they're so bad. Like usually what it is is like they'll get to the first one. They're like, my dad is such an asshole. He's so weird. He likes to walk around naked or like they'll do like crazy things. And this just reminds me of it because it's like it's always bad stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. I I wish that they published Abby's diary. Can you imagine? Like it would have been like a pretty much a burn book. <laughs> but it's just like this this whole scene was ridiculous. I did enjoy it though. Um and then we were at school. Um we see uh Dawson approaching Mitch. 
Um, and uh, this is when Mitch says like, oh, you know, dying puts things into perspective. It makes you realize you got to grab those who you love. And this is when Dawson spills the beans to Mitch about Gail's new job. It's really weird to me that Mitch didn't already know this. Like, how is this not a conversation yeah. you've had with Mitch about moving into your place? Yeah, yeah, it should have been. It should have been before. So yeah. Dawson's not is more upset that her that his father won't chase after Gail than um, Gail possibly leaving. It's so ridiculous because Mitch is like, oh, you know, I'll congratulate her. And Dawson's like, so much for grabbing those you love. And it's like, bitch, like he is done. Like, I don't think you understand that like Gail still wants to be with Mitch. Mitch has moved on to top bun. Like he is with her now. Okay, like calm your calm your jets. Yeah, I don't I don't understand why Dawson just can't just give up on the divorce. He's not good at letting go. We know that. We know that. Yeah, no, he really can't let go. Um, we see Joey cleaning up at the ice house, and Jack just wants to get right into the gossip. He wants to know what's going on with Dawson and her. He wants to know about the kiss. And Joey says, nothing's going on. We're putting off on hold because there's so much other stuff that we're dealing with. Yeah. Is and it then- just me or is Jack so much better now? <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, Sarah, you're you're telling me like you you must have yeah. loved Joey walking in and Jack being like, "What's up with you and Dawson? What's going on? What's yeah, your relationship I'm, status?" Jack is becoming the new Feeny. Yes, the he loves the gossip hot gossip. Yeah, he loves it. I think that we were talking about who's the gossip girl of Cape Side. I'm pretty sure it's it's Jack. He loves the hot goss and I love yeah. that he loves the hot goss. I love this for oh, him. Yeah. He's such a bigger character now to me. Like he just has more way more personality than he did before. Well, I mean I still want to see more. No from me Jack. too I'm but not, I'm just I'm not saying, fully there. I'm just saying that like he definitely has more personality Let's just not now. get hyperbolic here. Like he's not like <laughs> he's the my best favorite ever. character. <laughs> he's your favorite character of all of Dawson's Creek yes. ever. Um, and this is I have a question. Yes. Have we met your favorite character of Dawson's Creek ever? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was JWing. What? Oh, just wondering. I was like, what the fuck is JW? Um, Jax can't stop thinking about how he, how he kissed Abby and maybe the last person she kissed. And I love this. She went out with the bay. <laughs> okay. And then they laugh. And I was just wondering, do you think? This was maybe improvised because I felt like their the laugh was genuine. The laughs were so genuine. Like if this was acting, then who knows? Yeah. But I mean, who knew that Katie Holmes was the best actress ever? <laughs> because this was such good. Like it felt very genuine. Yeah. I was wondering. I'm curious if it was improvised. Yeah, uh, that I'm not sure of. Um, but like I think I, I could see it being improvised. I just or maybe love this like moment. they just had the giggles. Yeah, they rehearsed it like she... so many times that yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I just felt like the the laugh. It was just very, very, very genuine. It, it, it my opinion i'm just so curious yeah no i think i i like that moment regardless i think it's silly i love that like this is how they were like we all said like any way you choose to grieve is valid and like this is like it's a very lighthearted joke um yeah. we uh we're in the classroom and we see dawson watching abby because she acted in his film um pacey comes in and he tells dawson about andy giving the eulogy 
Um, and, uh, in the video we see, um, we see Abby laughing about what the hell is her name? The girl who played the Joey part. Devin. Devin. Thank you. She has like food in her teeth and like Abby is laughing at her in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a nice moment at least that we get right. <laughs> post death. Yeah. Uh, I thought so. I thought that it was interesting that he kept like rewinding it over and over again. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe that this is his way of grieving just like remembering like good times or like what the essence of Abby was yeah I also think it's interesting because like it's weird how like Abby died before the film even came out like that's gonna have such a bigger Mm -hmm. impact you know what I mean yeah yeah totally it is her latest work Mm -hmm. um stinks for reshoots they had to do reshoots (laughs) yeah um Jen comes home and she is plastered. And Graham's like, Jennifer, have you been drinking again? Yeah. Uh, Jen says she's drunk out of her mind. Don't mask your grief with alcohol. Drinking will make it worse. Um, Worse than what? Um, And she's like, just think about the good times. Um, and yeah, basically she's like, oh, she's like in a better, I don't know. No, she says, yeah, Abby says that she's doing tequila shots down there and laughing at us. And this is again when Grimms comes back with God has a place for children. Um, and Jen is like, I mean, first of all, Jen is drunk, so nothing, this is not going to end well regardless. Um, but Jen screams, there's no God, there's no heaven and there's no peace. I'm sorry. I can't help but laugh because this next line, (laughs) the only the only trope I know is pain. No, the only true. Sorry, the only. <laughs> you, you, well, it's not funny. This is so sad. I'm... There's no God, no heaven, no peace, no hope. The only truth I know is pain. I'm sorry, but it reminds me of the Dawson line. Like, I'm a teenager. The only truth yeah. I know is pain. It just sounds very, yeah. like, melodramatic. And it is. It is. The only truth I know is pain. So you can keep your Sunday school fables to yourself. They make me puke. <laughs> Sorry, I know it's a serious thing, but I can't. Um, and this is like obviously Graham's. Yeah, like, you you spit the Graham's line. You're you're a good you, Brit, and I'm. You I insist on disobeying words. my rules and polluting my house with your disrespectful blasphemy. <laughs> Are you sick of me? Finally. <laughs> Are you going to kick me out? Uh, I'm just going to move out then. Yeah. So like. If I can't speak my mind <laughs> or be myself, then I'll just move out. Yeah. It's like. Don't offer if you can't, you know, you can't say it if you can't back it up, Jennifer. Yeah. I just. I mean, I think this is a bad look on both of them, if I'm being honest. They're, they're being terrible. They're both they're being, being toxic, terrible. Toxic to each other. I think like Graham should know by now. First of all, like Jen is not. Well, right now she's going through it. She's coping with alcohol, which isn't a good sign. Like the worst thing you could do is like poke the bear. And that's exactly what she's doing. Like instead of comforting her, she's comforting her with the way she would want to be comforted. And that's not what Jen wants to hear in this moment. Like all Jen wants to hear is, I know this fucking sucks. Like that is what and she doesn't even need the F-bomb. But that is what Jen wants to hear is this sucks. And what Grams is trying to do is make it into like, a good thing or not a good thing but like a better thing like oh god mm-hmm. is a place for children jen doesn't want to hear that like especially knowing abby <laughs> she's like he's mm-hmm. doing she's doing tequila shooters down there maybe what grams had to do was get 
Jen out of Cape Side. Like, they needed a mm. day trip. Yeah. And maybe they needed to go maybe back to the city for a day and just, like, have dinner in the city. Maybe Jen can see her parents. I don't know. Not, like, to, like, kick her out and go to their parents, but, like, get her out of this town that just, like, is reminding her of Abby wherever she goes. Yeah. Yeah. It's I don't know. Honestly, almost anything would have been better than anything. Than what happened? Yeah. Um, yeah. Not great. We'll get into that a little bit mm-hmm. more later. Um, we're at we're at the Potter's residence again. Um, Joey isn't really eating. Meanwhile, her dad is just like shoveling food down. Um, she's been and it, she brings it up to him. She says, "I've been trying to remember mom, but I can't get a mm-hmm. clear picture of her in my head. She's mm-hmm. slowly fading away." Um, yeah. This was sad. It yeah. reminded me of when I started realizing that I was forgetting what my dad's voice sounded like. Mm-hmm. And um, like it it just like when you have, especially when time goes by, it's like you try to hold on to these memories as hard as possible. But yeah. when it becomes years and years and years, like anything else, you just start. Like, the only thing that I remember regarding his voice is, like, maybe his, like, old answering machine message. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen a little bit, not on topic, sort of, but have you ever, did you watch the show Never Have I Ever? No, I have not yet. It's officially on my list of good shows to watch. You should watch it, Um, because there is, like, a, that does get brought up. But, yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I mean, obviously, I, I have not had experience with this, but what I will say is, like, it broke it broke my heart hearing that like yeah. to imagine not being able to to picture someone like that who's so important in your life mm-hmm. and like feeling like they're slipping away from you in a way sounds horrible and I'm sure mm-hmm. that Joey feels like so like so many emotions right like such such guilt and just heartbreak over it um and then her dad of course like he he even says like the loss combined with the guilt was almost almost too much for me um mm-hmm. but this this was a nice moment he says mm-hmm. that uh joey is exactly like her mother tough independent funny stubborn she's not gone she lives on in you and that was mm-hmm. like oh my gosh if i didn't love mr potter already, <laughs> i was like okay i'm on board <laughs> so we love mr potter i mean i i love him in this moment i do I think Mm -hmm. like I'm still a little wary of him. No, of course. I just like I just thought that this was like I feel like we get opposite. Right. So like whereas Jen and Grams, it was like both are making Mm -hmm. poor decisions here. I feel like he says exactly the right thing. And I think Mm -hmm. like even further, he could say like you have photos. Like if you ever feel like you're starting to forget, like look at a photo of her. You won't forget her. Um, Yeah. And to be fair, I do have like family videos and I can like hear my dad's voice again. I can see my dad's voice. I'm sure this was the 90s. I'm sure there are plenty of VHS tapes to watch. Yeah. Um, I just thought that like like, the way he handled it was really nice. Like I I just think like reminding her that like – don't forget, like, you carry her DNA and you are just like her. And I feel like yeah. he even, I'm not sure, I, I'm not remembering, doesn't he say something to the effect of, like, looking at you was, like, really difficult because you remind me, like, so much of her? That must be really hard, too, for... Hmm. I don't think that that was said in this scene. I think I was just thinking of it. Like, if she I acts, definitely heard that before. Yeah. It might be in a different show, maybe, honestly. Maybe, um, was that in season one? But we're gonna, I'm going to figure that one yeah, out. But, I've definitely heard that before. But, like, even still, like, I imagine it from the other side, too. Like, mm-hmm. looking at someone who reminds you exactly of your wife who's gone. Like, that must be difficult, too. <laughs> 
You know what I just realized what you're referencing? What am I referencing? I don't reference I don't know if this is positive, but this is why Snape hates Harry Potter so much. Oh, it's not that. No, I would know if I was referencing that. But yeah, th- that know. is fucking bullshit. But anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I really like this moment between them. And I thought they both were really great here. Um, it kind of warmed mm-hmm. my heart a little bit after that last scene that was really tough to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm liking these scenes as well mm-hmm. with Mr. Potter and Joey and it, it's good. I'm glad that, um, Joey was able to have a conversation with her father about her mother. I think that's really important. That's another thing. Like, um, coming from a, a family where a parent was lost, sometimes it's really hard to talk with your parent about your other parent like passing away or like memories because they're their own people too. So they have their emotional about it too. So sometimes, sometimes I've found like at times, like when I was ready to like talk about it, the other person was not ready and vice versa. Yeah. So it kind of, it was like a hard time to like get on the same wavelength. Yeah. Um, to be able to open up. But I'm glad that they were able to have this conversation. It makes me wonder, like, where Bessie stands in the whole thing, though. Like, uh-huh. I feel like, yes, Bessie is a character. She doesn't get utilized a ton. And I kind of wonder, I mean, based on what we know, it seems like she was, she had to grow up very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. More so than even Joey, because well, she was, I like, mean, she the is adult. 10 years, yes. Fair, yes, she is ten years older. That's right. Than she is so Joey. much older. I was I was thinking that yeah. the age difference wasn't that great, but you're right. No. Yeah. So she was yeah, she was older, years. but like still, she had so to be. She was. Yeah, I think that she's twenty six now. That's so right. she was twenty. I mean, t- a twenty three year old having to act like a parent, a hundred and ten percent, they have to grow up quick. Yeah. I mean, when I was twenty three, I was a fucking disaster and a half yeah you you had like a home and like a good okay, job but I, I was still not equipped to be a parent at 23 i was on the spiral <laughs> talking about spiraling we have andy mm-hmm. and she's still spiraling about the funeral she still doesn't know what she's gonna say and pacey um says like just make something up you know you and andy doesn't want to lie um or, like, give her mom a heart attack with the truth. Like, she has to find, yeah. like, the middle ground. And then Pacey offers to give the speech to her so she doesn't have, like, a nervous breakdown over this. Yeah. For her. Not to her. Yeah. He her. says he'll give the speech if she wants. He'd give anything to not have her have a nervous breakdown. Um, and, I, I again, I really love the way they both react to this. Because I mm-hmm. think it's so nice. Like, he is there for her. He will do literally anything to make her feel better. Um, and he says, you know, it's not my fault. Like if you, if you're distressed, like I have to help you. Like it's, it it just have to do it. And I really like her, you know, her reaction to this. And she says, you know, I need to take care of myself. I don't, and I, I, I love this line. She doesn't want their roles to be permanently etched in stone, meaning she doesn't want to always be the one who's in distress and he's always the knight in shining armor. And I love this for Andy. I think this is great to hear from her. Because I think in another show, you would hear the character just saying, like, oh, thank you so much for your help, like, blah, 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 blah. No. Andy is strong. She's independent. She Mm -hmm. does not like needing help. She wants to be independent. She wants to be able to deal with her own shit, right? Mm -hmm. As we all do, I assume, right? Like, we all kind of want to be able to handle our shit. Uh, 
maybe not everybody but you know <laughs> she wants to be able to handle her shit and like I really appreciate that she's like this is not how it's always going to be this is not always going to be our dynamic there will be times right. where you will need me more than I yes. need you and I love that and I feel like in the beginning of the relationship it was reversed I think that Andy was really the strong person in the relationship and was helping Pacey with his schooling and getting himself in a better standing mentally about how he sees himself and how like he sees the world and I think like Every like long term relationships, the dynamics shifted and hopefully it'll shift again. Yeah. Where, you know, hopefully it won't always be Andy that's in the position that needs the uh, the help. Yeah. Hopefully they'll have a, a, a time where they are both in a good place. Exactly. Before they break up because it's a TV drama. <laughs> Uh, I just feel the dread coming. I don't want to think about it. I just like. You got to live in the moment. You got to live in the moment. I know. I know. Um, The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. We're at the funeral. Joey makes it. She sits down next to Dawson. Uh, Grams arrives, sits next to Jen. um, And Graham says in the future, she wants to avoid ugly scenes like last night. Um... And, uh, and yeah, this is when, uh, Graham says that she forgives her and Jen, of course, has to have like a snotty remark and she says, I'm not looking for your forgiveness. I'm looking for your understanding. And that's not anything you've ever, you've ever been able to provide. Mm, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I don't think that's true either. I think that like, I mean, I'm even remembering back when they were in the, in the movie theater together and they had that like really nice moment after Gramps died. Like, yeah, I feel like that was her understanding and she was there for Jen. And I think the only times that this gets ugly between them is when religion comes up. And I wish that like it didn't. I mean, maybe maybe it would have gotten ugly regardless. Right. It could have. Mm -hmm. Certainly. Well, I mean, she did stick up for Ty. Um, Yeah. yeah, yeah, No, she stuck up for Jen in front of Jen in front of of Ty. Ty. Yes. Yeah. And that's because she understood Jen's viewpoint. And even though she didn't 100% agree with what Jen was saying, she understood that wasn't Ty's place to make those remarks. So I feel like that's understanding Jen and where Jen comes from. I think Jen is just sticking up in front of Ty, who is like, I mean, it would have been easy for her to stand out, uh, stay out of it. But. No, I think that like she's being Jen is being hyperbolic. I mean, as most mm-hmm. teenagers are and she's upset. And I just think that mm-hmm. like, you know what, Jen, like be grateful. Grams is here for you. She's sitting next to you. She that is her showing support. She is yes. there for you. Mm-hmm. Just yep. shut Not your crappy. mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Swallow your tongue. Just 
not swallow your tongue bite your tongue yeah bite bite your tongue swallow your pride no i <laughs> i'm afraid of swallowing tongues my in elementary good. school this teacher talked about swallowing tongues and ever since then i've been like really afraid can you actually though swallow your tongue i don't want to talk about it oh no ew but, yeah <gasps> oh my okay yeah it's um, possible yikes um pastor <laughs> the pastor starts the funeral um calls some people to speak at first it's a little quiet and then jen decides that she wants to stand up and then she makes a a, a eulogy that it will be remembered for uh all lifetimes so um i'm gonna try to cliff notes this yep. um so she starts off with saying that she's friends with Abby as much as anybody could be because Abby had a toxic personality that bordered on radioactive. Abby can be cruel and spiteful and petty, and she spent her days mischievously stirring up trouble, creating calamity, and taking pleasure in other people's pain. Um, and then, so that's that's one thing. So part one bashes her best friend, yeah. Abby. Part two... Is, you know, in Sunday school, they teach us God was made in his image. Well, if God made Abby in his own image, then what does that say about God? So then she goes on to this whole thing about, you know, um, you know, God doesn't really have a plan for people like Abby. If there is a God, why is there so much tragedy and suffering? Um, she, she goes on to say, like, Abby taught her that um, besides the fact that she could do a tequila shooter with one hand tied behind her back, which is not that impressive. If I would say what's impressive if she had two hands I was going to say, you back, use a hand to do a tequila use, shooter. So that, that, that was not very impressive. <laughs> um, but... Basically, she taught her how to live her life by her own set of values, not follow the crowd, and hopes to win a popularity contest. And most importantly, Abby taught me the sadistic nature of our God. Well, that knowledge is disturbing. It's true and it's real. And this world is filled with phoniness, phoniness and lies. And for that small amount, for that little bit of honesty, I'll always be grateful for her. So not only does she bash Abby, she degrades God's name in a house of worship and says that the only thing that Abby was good for is the tequila shooters and telling her that this world sucks. Um, There's no like rhyme or reason to why things happen to you. It just life is full of pain and misery. Yeah. And this is when Graham does not go over well. No, Graham's gets up and leaves. Um, here's the thing, like she it's like it's bad all around. Like it's it's awful because she's not saying a single nice thing about Abby. Like, I'm sorry. You could have said so many nice things. Like you could have said, like, I legitimately told Abby that my time spent with her was the best parts of my year. Like that's yeah. the truth. You said those things. Like you could have said things yeah. that were truthful and nice because there yeah. are parts of those things that you appreciated and you liked about Abby. Like there were things yeah. that you did like about her, right? She's a unique person. Say that. Like say anything that besides a fashion what you icon. Exactly. I just think like this wasn't the time or the place because basically she was using this as a way to get back at Graham's in a very, very public way. 
Um, and it's embarrassing for Graham. Of course as well. it is. Yeah. And it's embarrassing for herself. Yeah. And I mean, we know later she ends up regretting it, um, yeah. which we'll get into. But I don't, I mean, I don't really blame Graham's for getting up and leaving. Like, it was really yeah. rough to listen to yeah. all of that, you know? I agree. So then, um, yeah, the, the entire. Uh, service is very disturbed by this and there's a pause of quiet and um, Abby's mom is just staring with her big eyes towards Andy and it's like she's like please say something please do something so Andy gets up and I find that I really liked this speech that Andy gave Uh, do you have it or Uh, yeah I have I think I have most of it um she says, there are people who pick me up when I fall down and tell me it would be okay. There are also people who push me and challenge me. In her own truth-telling way, Abby gave me strength. She was one of a kind. Uh, there's no one like her, and she will always hold a special spot in my heart. I don't know if that's the Cliff Notes version, but that's why I wrote down. Um, it might be a Cliff Notes version. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a little, it's a little shortened, yeah. but you got the gist of it. Yeah, I like this. I like this a lot. I think, like... Again, this is a way, even if you didn't get along with her, to paint her in a nicer light. If not for yes. Abby, who's gone, for her fucking family that is sitting right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she was one of a kind. She gave me strength. She pushed me to my boundaries by a better person and a better woman um, and a stronger woman mm-hmm. than I ever could have imagined. Um all lovely things. Um, it seems like the service is very appreciative of this. And uh, we fade into Abby Morgan's uh, memoriam picture. Mm-hmm. So sad. Yeah. Um, then we're at the grave site and um, we have car nations <laughs> thrown at the casket. Awful. The audacities. How dare they? We, roses are not that expensive. But no, we got every single color freaking carnation, disgusting, revolting. How could they? I, if anybody, literally, Jessica, if if my there is a single carnation at your funeral, and I will. There's a single I will carnation. Kick whoever brings them out, I will come back. Oh, no. And if and if you don't do that, I will come back and haunt you for all eternity for not keeping the carnations under control. What type of flower is going to be at my funeral if I die first? Your funeral? Yeah. What kind of flower would I get? What do you want? Violets? I mean, first of all, I want to be cremated. But like, I guess if you're going to have flowers there regardless. <laughs> um, well, because I don't know that you would do a whole thing with flowers because you put them on like the gravesite. But um, what did you say? What did what type of violets? Like violets. I don't violets. Even know if I've seen lilacs. Them. Some something something purple. Uh, purple would be nice. Lilacs are beautiful yeah. and they smell divine, but they're really only yeah. good a certain time of year. I'm not a picky bitch, but purple would be appreciated. Also, just color yeah. in general. I think like rainbow, like any yeah. all different colors. Rainbow. Don't don't get me rainbow flowers at my funeral. No, not rainbow. I'm saying like a variety of colors like the rainbow. I don't want a rainbow. I don't flower. want colors. Okay. You want white flowers? Yes. All right. How did I know? How did I know? Drama. See? Drama. The drama. Hi- the elegance. Sarah's going to show up to my funeral roses. in like a full on like black <gasps> hat that is like yeah. three feet wide and has like yeah. a veil on the front of it. <laughs> yeah. That's a good idea. I actually ordered that from Amazon for this podcast, but it didn't come in in time. I figured. Yeah. What a shame. <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, the carnations aside, Dawson decides we get like a montage mm-hmm. of like people throwing flowers on the casket. Is do you know if this is a thing? Yes. And the do, this it is, is a, thing. a thing. So so um, in the Jewish tradition, there are no flowers. Like when you go to a Jewish cemetery, uh-huh. no flowers. Actually, pebbles. We do pebbles. Pebbles. So do you put them? Pebbles. Where do you put them? On top of the gravesite or like on top of the casket. Do you have to but like also, buy the pebble? Do you just find them? How do you, you like find them? them? Okay. And then also, um, this is a lot. A lot of people find this a little shocking if they've never been to a Jewish um, uh, uh, um, funeral before. Mm-hmm. You s- scoop the dirt, and each person puts it on the grave on the casket as um, when it goes down. No, I've definitely heard. I mean, I've You've seen that, that done. I don't even know if it was yeah. a Jewish funeral, but I've seen that done too. Yeah, um, and then also, if you're pregnant, it is you don't go to the cemetery. It's like bad um, luck. Yeah, yeah, it's like um, oh. superstitious that if That's you're awful. with child, you don't go. Like, so, um, like, if it's, like, your grandma or something and you're pregnant, you don't go. Oh, it's awful. I, I, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's plenty of people yeah. that do. But Jeez. That's yeah, just, with that's the funerals I've been to, usually you take the flowers that you're given. So, like, for example, at my grandpa's funeral, um, we all gathered around at the grave site. And, like, they have, like, the casket on that thingy that, like, lowers it down. Mm-hmm. And usually, mm-hmm. so we got handed, like, flowers. I think we had roses. And I think we had, like, a few different, I think we had, like, three colors. And you hand them out. And then everybody can take their turn and put a flower, usually on the top of the, um, the, uh, the what's it called? Oh, my God. Casket. Casket. Um, mm-hmm. And also, at the same time, um, my mom took some of those same roses and placed them on her mother's like grave site as well um i think okay. it's because like it was my it was my grandfather's wife so like you know um i don't know if that's, that's a normal thing but that's yeah you know, something she did but yeah um yeah that's a different normal, yeah yeah it's a Sorry. normal thing no it's okay it's a normal thing to do but carnations are trash and like seriously big come on dawson's creek like extend your budget get some roses yeah what are you doing yeah yeah um so this is this is different than um Joey's snagging some flowers for her mother's gravesite, isn't it? She from I felt like it was a little weird. It's a but, little strange. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So Joey and Dawson go off after the burial, and Dawson, of course, has to bring up his movie because that's all he talks about. And he's like, "I watched Abby over and over again. It just shows how fleeting life is. I realized I don't want to live my life unlived." I don't want to live with unlived life in my veins. I don't want to go to my grave regretting what could have been, um, what could have been if only if only I had taken action. And maybe this is the wrong to say this, Joey. Wrong time to say this. But I'm happy about what happened between us the other night. Very appropriate in the cemetery to discuss this. It's also very appropriate to make out in the cemetery and confess your love to each other. People grieve <laughs> in not different ways, but even yeah. still, it's a little She weird. agrees. She's like, I am happy to. And as a celebration, can you walk me to my mother's grave? <laughs> I know. It's weird. It makes sense. It makes sense, right? Like, what is it? There was, okay, I don't remember what show it is or what it's from. Maybe it's from a movie. I don't remember. I just remember that a character dies. And as a result of that, there's like a pair 
of like a couple that deals with their grief by like constantly having sex everywhere. And like, listen, however you want to grieve, I just think it's a bad time. Like, just wait till you're outside of the cemetery. Yeah. Like, geez Louise. But I do like, I do like her asking, like, I have some place to go. Would you walk me there? I like that. Very sweet. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. And Pacey says, Andy pulled it off with flying colors. Um, And Andy says the experience brought her closer to Tim and she wants to go check on Jen. Like, Andy is like the sweetest angel that's ever lived. Yeah, I know. She really is. Because she sees Jen alone, like, sobbing at the casket. And nobody else is, like, going to her and be like, are you okay? Like, what can I do for you? She's just alone, like usual. And right away, Jen's apologizing to Andy. Like, Abby's death was not your fault. It was mine. So now she's blaming herself. She's like, I invited her out. I got her drunk. I could have saved her. Um, And apparently the water was, like, really rough that night. The current was really strong. And then, oof, this haunts me. Jen says, I saw in the water, and she looks so scared. Isn't that terrible? It really is. To hear that that's, um, like, the last thing that she, like, that she saw of Abby, and, like, that's what Abby was, like, what she looked like, you know? Yeah. I could only imagine. Mm -hmm. Um. And she's like, because I'm weak, because I just can't accept the blame, I have to deflect it onto everybody else, onto the hate side, onto you, onto my grams. Oh, God. And that speech, what was I thinking? Mm-hmm. So she already um, is regretting it. It's not yeah, even like yeah, a, a second half an hour later. later. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Uh, this line I really liked from Andy because I felt like this was probably the most I've related to Andy. <laughs> I know which one um, is too. <laughs> I'm a people pleaser. And sometimes in order to succeed in that, you have to be phony. And that is my vibe. Yeah. And I told you to totally get these vibes fake. from Andy, though. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not fake. It's, it's you not want- fake because people can say that, like, oh, you're being so fake or like you're being like you like a suck up. No, or, like you just want. No, you want everybody to be happy. Like it's like you want everything to be mellow. You want everything to be good. And if that takes like your uncomfortability or like you saying something that maybe you don't necessarily mm-hmm. think is true just to ease things over. Like, you're going to yeah. do it. That is no. That's not being fake. Um, but I appreciate that Andy says, like, and I again, I love everything Andy is saying this episode. Like, she has such a good way about making people feel better. And, like, what yeah. she says is exactly, like, what I wanted from Grams. Like, she says, like, listen, I'm a people pleaser. Sometimes to do that, you have to be phony. Abby put her truth above everything. Um, you were memorializing her spirit. Um, like I love that she's like trying to put a twist on this. <laughs> yeah, she really is putting the ultimate twist she's on working it. Working overtime. Yeah, you were just being truthful to to her spirit. Yeah. So that's all. And I love how Jen's like. Sometimes it's better to shut up. Yeah, and like, and we see sincerely so. Yeah, we see Andy tell Jen about Abby's diary, and she's like, "Oh no, if her mom finds it, she's gonna be devastated. We have to go get it." <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we see Joey and Dawson go to Joey's mom's headstone. Mm-hmm. Um, she's crying and then Dawson gives her the space that she needs. And, um, eventually he comes up to her and rubs her back. And she, um, Joey just says, I hope wherever she is, she's happy. And Dawson says, she's happy because she's looking down at you. She's very happy. Um, a sweet scene. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it was good for Joey to, you know, be ready to go to the gravestone. I know like some people might hear like they she spent three years not going. Like, how could she do that? There's some people that take comfort in it. 
But for me, it took me a very, very long time for me to, it wasn't even getting the courage and it wasn't necessarily like what Joey was saying, how like she didn't want to believe that her mom was really gone. It was just like a mental block in my head. I just couldn't get there. Mm -hmm. So this whole thing about um, Joey it taking three years to get up the strength to go and visit her mom at the cemetery, I felt was incredibly relatable for me. Um, I thought that everything that Joey was experiencing in this episode with her mom was relatable. I thought that um, having um, Abby's death remind her um, of her mother's death was relatable. I felt like um, that's the same thing that really got me to address my grief with my father was there was um, a tragedy that happened with like one of my best friend's fiance. He passed away and that was the first like big death since my dad passed away. And it really like came to a head for me. And it was then where I decided to go to therapy that was kind of the catalyst mm-hmm. for it to happen because it just brought up all these feelings. So um, once again, I'm very impressed by Dawson's Creek for addressing things that I haven't really seen in television. Um, for me, it just points to the fact that Dawson's Creek is more though surprisingly so if you told me before <laughs> I watched this show that had like really like important yeah. and um, like, you know, intimate and compelling storylines i would be like no dawson's creek looks dumb but there's something special about this show um that is just they really really address things that i have not seen addressed on television that for some strange reason i feel very connected to so yeah no i think it's to you i think it's like it is a wacky show right like wild things happen like it it has some twists and turns but Mm -hmm. like at the heart of the show it's like they're trying to tell real stories and like things yeah. that are are relatable right like Jack's coming out story and like Andy's mental health struggles and you know the grief of a lost parent and all of those things and you know even divorce right like even as, right. as minor as that seems in comparison to the other things um I just you know I think you're right I think like I really loved how they handled this episode I thought it was handled it had its funny moments but like it was really handled with care And I really enjoyed seeing, like, I don't know, like, so many different characters respond to grief. I think it was very interesting Mm -hmm. to to respond. That's very interesting as well. Because everybody handles it differently. Exactly. I think we've talked about this on this podcast before. Yeah, it's it, exactly. And it's it's like it was nice to see the wide variety of the ways in which people handled grief. Like Jen didn't handle it the same way Joey did didn't handle it the same way Andy didn't. Like it's it's all handled yes. very differently and I agree. Yes. I really appreciate that. Again, I don't have any type of experience anywhere near any of these, but like it is nice to see it um and to kind of and again, like to echo Andy's sentiments, like your feelings are valid. However, you're experiencing your emotions, completely valid. And again, mm-hmm. to hear that statement in the 90s, it's just like it did not happen to my knowledge. Like that mm-hmm. was not how things were handled. What would be impressive, I will say, is if we had seen a male character as well. I felt like focus very heavily on Jen, Andy and Joey. 
Um, Interesting. Didn't right. see as much from like Dawson and Pacey beyond in supportive roles. Joe Dawson supporting Joey, Pacey supporting Andy. Um, because I think something that is also uh, difficult and something that we don't often see, especially back in the 90s, is uh, male emotions and kind of like validating that that is an okay thing to have as a man mm-hmm. and that it doesn't have to be this like hyper masculine response and no emotions mm-hmm. at all and you know what I mean mm-hmm. um but we have seen it this season from Pacey at times and Jax yeah and Jack yeah he had the breakdown in front of I don't yeah. want to say a breakdown but you know what I mean he was very emotional yeah. in front of his father and on top of that we have that Dawson meme whenever that comes <laughs> up in the next five seasons true but yes you know what i'm saying though like i think it's it was nice to see different representatives of different types of grief Um, i agree but yes uh to wrap things up um we are back at uh jen and graham's house graham's has been packing all of jen's stuff um how could you jennifer uh she said she went to the funeral to try and provide support to jen um and uh and uh yeah jen says that speech wasn't for you it was for abby and i regret it that's not true (laughs) she's like andy just told me that was a valid speech and i was doing the (laughs) essence of grams (laughs) that's what andy's just said yeah and no grams is pissed and that um she felt as though the speech was a direct attack at her Mm -hmm. um and she did it to wound her um and that she just took all of her pain and rage at the world on her and even as Jen begs Grams to listen and change her mind Grams says you know you don't I love you like I would do anything for you I would die for you but at the end of the day you don't respect me and I feel as though you should live with somebody that you respect and um and you gotta move out you gotta find someplace else to live and she goes into her house and cries behind the door and Jen is I don't know homeless where is she gonna go I really hate this I really hate this because as much Mm -hmm. as I'm mad at Jen for for how she treated Grams and what she did in the church I don't think this is right of Grams to do nope it's Jen is grieving and not only that Jen just lost a friend and Mm -hmm. she was already spiraling let's be honest now she's even worse and she already we we've heard her say before i'm pretty sure two grams that she feels alone she feels like she has yeah. nobody and to yes. shut physically shut your door on her in this moment feels just like really really hard it's, i mean truthfully it's irresponsible for she's 15 16 to, where's she gonna go yeah well i mean yes and i would be concerned about jen's mental health yeah. um being totally alone, kicked out of her parents' house, her grandparents' house, just lost a, a friend, lost her grandfather earlier in the year, is really sweaty all the time. I would be really concerned. And it's it's irresponsible to kick her out at this moment when she's um, at an ultimate low. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like it. And again, it, it's annoying because it's like, I want to be mad at Jen, but Grams is making me angrier. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. Um. And, of course, we have the silly scene of... Uh, this is not silly. Well, it starts off silly. It starts nature. off silly, I meant. Um, Andy is going into Abby's house to steal the diary. Um, yes. She finally finds it. Yes. And Abby's in the mirror behind her. She's in the mirror. Uh-huh. And then 
she turns around and Abby's gone. Now, this is this gives me hope. Maybe we'll see more Abby as the ghost of Abby. One can only hope. I don't know. Maybe she possesses Andy and then Andy is like a total bitch wherever she goes. Like there's so many possibilities. Dun, dun, dun. Or maybe it was a ghost or maybe it was a um, a hallucination uh, from, I don't know, with the anxiety or whatever. Yeah, I just loved Manic your state. reaction in like real time when you messaged me. And I, I forget what you asked. I feel I forget what you even said. I think you were something like, oh. <gasps> Is Abby is a- is Abby a ghost? Is this going to happen more? Like, is she around forever as a ghost or something like that? Mm-hmm. I can't remember what you said, but it was funny. I remember. Yeah. Um. One can only hope. <laughs> well, only only time will tell. Yes. So that is this episode. Now, Jessica. Mm-hmm. As this is theoretically the last time we're seeing Abby Morgan, I was wondering. Um, if you wanted to eulogize Abby Morgan a little bit, share some of your. Some of the best of times, some of your yeah. favorite moments. I from love Abby. I love Abby as a character. I feel like she really ha- was like a shining light sometimes mm-hmm. and she just like stirred up all the drama. I loved her in, specifically in detention. I thought she was a great shit stirrer in that episode. Um <laughs> I just I love her style. I love how she was like a fan of the cheetah print. Like she was very into an animal print. I loved when she was in Dawson's room spying on Jen. Like the thing is, is yes. that with Abby as a character, like you didn't know what was gonna happen when she was in a scene. Like that was the best part mm-hmm. about her. Um I love the slap heard around the world when Jen just whacked her in the face. Yes. So good. Literally, that's in my notes. Yeah. The it's slap so good. heard around the world. That was excellent. Um, yeah, for me, I fell in love with Abby, like, the, literally the moment I saw her Because well, you detention. needed a replacement for Nellie. Yeah, yeah. I was smitten by her snarkiness. I love that she just loved ruining lives, making them kiss, like, yes. you know, stirring up all the drama. I love um, later on in season one where... Um, Abby no yeah well I love like Joey and Jen wanted to get that like jock guy that rumor started yes. so their plan was to say it in front of Abby because they knew that Abby was going to yes. spread it all over the school I loved all the disaster duo shenanigans um, sex she wrote was probably my favorite episode with Abby in it where she was just like a bitchy detective the entire time yeah. trying to like solve these clues and then that was a good one at the end yeah um of course the slap was amazing i loved yes i loved when um she was spying on jen and dawson's room <laughs> i loved when she uh lured lured the girls upstairs to spy in yes. dawson's room and found the porn found the porn tape um, of course, there was some bad moments um, with her. You know, the election, oh, I denounced my love for Abby. Um, that was a dark time for us all. Mm-hmm. But she got us back the next episode. Yeah, it didn't take much, to be honest. It's because she's such a shitster. Like, how can you yeah. not love that in this show? Yeah, I really loved her. I thought that she was a, a really, really great character. I will miss her. It really does hurt. Um that she's no longer with us. Uh, Felipe wrote in and asked me how I'm holding up. Uh, Yeah. Um, How's Sarah doing? Is she doing any better? 
I would say that it really took me a very long time to watch this episode. I was not ready to say goodbye to Abby Morgan. I think I typically I like watch it on the the moment that, you know, you and I finish podcasting or like the next day. It took me until I think Monday to watch this episode. Mm -hmm. I was just not ready to say goodbye. Um, I think I'm okay. I mean, I think like, I mean, losing Andy would be very hard. Yeah, it it is hard. She definitely was my probably like my top three favorite characters. But now I guess Pacey can finally go up in the (laughs) rankings after all this time. Yeah. And who knows? He probably deserves. Who knows? We might get another shit stir in the show. Right. Like nothing's stopping them from adding another crazy character. I just don't think it's going to be Abby. No, there's I mean, there's only one Abby. Um, But yeah, no, she was a wonderful character while we had her. um, Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, the next episode. So we just got off this episode, like rest in peace. Abby Morgan, rest in peace. This next episode's title is Reunited. The ghost comes back. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. The ghost. So we'll see. Yeah. Reunited. I just hope it's not Tamara. Oh, good God. Yeah, yeah, hopefully that ship That'd has be. sailed. Put um, Tamara's returns return <sighs> again. Yeah, again. Yes. Um. So some other some other nuggets. Um, we put out a poll because I was curious. Like, only Andy McPhee would agree to give her obituary at her enemy's funeral, right? <laughs> yes. Like, only she would get herself into this yes. situation. And I wanted to know, um, are you or I? Is Sarah or Jess more likely to accidentally volunteer to give a speech at her op's funeral, at her oppos- opposition's funeral? Mm-hmm. So I posted on Twitter and I posted on Instagram. Um, Instagram, we had a vote of 55-45 with you being more likely to give a speech at your enemy's funeral, while on Twitter... We had a 59-41% um, vote with Sarah being <laughs> the... So, I mean, I think it evens out 50-50. But um, I, I thought it was interesting. Once again, it's like we put out these polls and I wish that people would be like, this is why I think yeah. this way. I will say that Mr. Will Afferty voted for you. Um, I think more he likely. told me that he voted one way on Instagram and then he saw it on Twitter and he voted the opposite way. And I was like, you just evened it out. What is wrong with you? Will, oh my God. But yeah. What, why do we even ask a Libra to do anything? Exactly. Exactly. Here's the thing. There is a right answer. And Sarah and I talked about this and we had decided there is a right answer to this because mm-hmm. we both agree on the answer. Mm-hmm. And that right. answer is Sarah. Here's the yeah. thing. I know I'm a Leo and I like attention and i like the spotlight on me not at a funeral i do not (laughs) you wouldn't want to put yourself like into the situation no no like you wouldn't want to like the 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 thing is in your enemy's funeral not like your best friend like you would not like i would get myself into a situation where i like agree to give my enemy yeah um, an obituary yes. just because you can't I feel help like it. I would I can't say no yeah, you like can't I, say no you're a Pisces and again you're a people pleaser so that it mm-hmm. makes 
rational since the correct answer is Sarah. It is not me. Yeah. Um, I do. I would wonder. I do want to know why people thought you. I don't know. People tell us. Why did you think that it was yeah. me? Whatever. I think I it's guess, because of I my Leo energy, but I don't know. You think so? Yeah. Um, so that that was that. The, the, these polls are always very telling, but it tells me nothing. <laughs> Thing. They're telling um, what they tell yeah. me absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Um, and then we have an email from our friend Dirtbag Gelly today. Uh, if only I can find the email. <laughs> I, have a, I have a lot of tabs open. As always. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So this is kind of a deep episode. So again, not so many notes as I tend to enjoy the shenanigans part of Dawson's Creek. But I have a few questions or thoughts. Bear with me. So I get this death is different for everybody and everybody handles it differently. But I find it really hard to believe that Joey hasn't visited her mom's site in three years and still hasn't coped. So I'm not sounding like a jerk because my mom passed away when I was in grade nine of cancer. I get I was a few years older than Joey. But for me, I feel like she would be more equipped to deal with these things because of her loss. Such a young age. OK, so I feel like I can answer this because we touched on this mm-hmm. earlier. Right. Um. For me, it was literally like I could not physically bring myself to go to my dad's grave site. Um, And I honestly think it's because I I was not I did not deal with my dad's death for legitimately 10 years. It like it would come and it would go and I would just like bury it. Um, And I just wasn't able to deal with it. I just it was easier to deal with everything else in my life and it wasn't until I went to therapy and it wasn't until it was like a whole like lead up to I worked like months and months and months with my therapist like getting myself ready Mm -hmm. to go to the cemetery and and it wasn't like it wasn't like it was more so like when I go there what am I going to feel like like Am I going to just go there and burst out crying? Like, you know, am I going to be able to handle it? Like, when I leave, will mm-hmm. I be okay? And so I think the was, longer you wait, also, probably the harder it, it is to go. up in your head. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, and, I mean, to be perfectly transparent, I haven't been since. And now it's not. It's less so, like, I don't have that phobia of going than I did before. But for me, it... It brings me more joy and it helps me connect better to my father by looking at pictures or remembering good memories mm-hmm. than it is physically going to the gravesite. Because I have bad memories in connection with going to that cemetery rather than having all the good memories. Yeah. Um, so that that's honestly how I feel. And I kind of feel as though Joey feels the same way. I feel like she really stiffened her grieving with going to her mom's grave site and if she went it'll just open up all the emotions and she's she's not a type of girl that can handle her emotions well yeah she doesn't want to deal with it she wants to like put it away in a little box and not think about it yeah yeah like I feel as though I mean who's best with their emotions on this show Jen like how like expressing them Exp- Dawson. Dawson expresses person. emotions. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Dawson's probably the best person to express emotions. Dawson would go to the cemetery and feel that connection there. 
And Joey is just not, she's not there. So um, for me, it is realistic because I've lived it. But once again, everybody experiences grief differently. I know a lot of people questioned like, oh, you've never been. You've never been to your dad's grave. Yeah, some people I think treat it as like a way to connect with them and like a place to go to talk to that person. Yeah. But some people feel like they can talk to them wherever. Or like you said, connect with them in different ways. And I also think like, I also think that like gravestones and cemeteries are also like a very like traditional old school way of of dealing with um, when someone dies, like what you do. And now I think it's very different. Like times have changed a lot. Um, I don't know like the stats on it or anything, but a lot of people are choosing other options now. And so like if you are cremated and you're not buried or anything, like mm-hmm. it's it's a different thing. Like where do you go? You know what I mean? So I think I think it depends on the person. I think you're right. I think it like totally depends on what your memories are and how you feel about that specific location. Maybe there's like a beautiful tree and you're like, I'm mm-hmm. going to go sit next to that tree and like, yeah. you know what I mean? I think it totally depends. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Secondly, what are your thoughts on Jen and Andy's conversation in the bathroom? I tend to side with Jen on this, but the rest of the episode, she lost um, me. And I obviously think the eulogy gave she gave is the wrong move, but I think she was right in the bathroom. So you think that it it is Andy's fault? Hmm. I think what he else thinks, was I discussed th- in the bathroom. Yeah, I don't think he likes that Andy basically said only nice things about Abby. Like she tried to paint Abby in like a very like positive light. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think what Abby said was perfectly natural. And I think you also have to remember that like she's sitting in a group of people like she's not going to be like Abby was a raging bitch to me. Like, I just don't mm-hmm. think it's normal. And we know who Andy is. She's a people pleaser. Like it's not something she's going to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that um I think that people have tendencies to really like um, when people pass away, they like see them in a heroic light. Yeah. And I think that this is like kind of phenomenon that you see all the time. Like when someone passes away, you only see the good in them and you forget all of the more negative times because why would you want to remember the negative times but you had to remember like these people are not saints so it's like you know what i mean yeah um so i feel like it is hard for jen to hear everybody talk like she was like a great spirit and she like was so unique and all this stuff um when she when jen just feels as though it's real i don't think that was i think that Jen should have just taken the week off from school and not gone in. I don't know if she had to go in because of the, the uh, I don't know, grief counselor or whatever nonsense. But it's it's interesting. It's interesting. Like, mm-hmm. this is why, like, the show is so great because it sparks these conversations that you never thought that you would have. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly writes that uh, he's been enjoying the bonus content and he listened to the Sleepless in Seattle oh, podcast. Fun. That we put out with Michael J. Clark. And he votes for Joe versus the volcano. So he thinks that we should finish up the trifecta. Oh, there you go. There you go. We already got one. We shall do that. Mm -hmm. We will do that. So thank you so much, Kelly. I really, we always enjoy your feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so interesting hearing other people's points of view. Yeah, I like hearing that he like had a different opinion than we did. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to further this conversation, hit me up on 
the club hizzy. <laughs> As the awkwardness goes. I didn't know if you were, I didn't know if you were going to go into another thing of feedback no, for fashion hour. Uh, no, 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 fashion hour. Okay. All right, hold yeah. on. Let me mark this. Okay. Okay, I so this is an interesting format. I don't know if you want to like discuss. Yeah, well, I'll I'll intro that we're doing fashion hour and then we'll talk about how it's different, I guess. Okay. Um all right, are you ready to get into the fashion hour? I am. And I've heard that we have a very special fashion hour this week. Yes. So this week we are honoring the fashion icon of Cape Side, Abby Morgan. Um, I kind of wanted to go through Abby's different looks that we've seen and kind of get an understanding how Abby's fashion evolved throughout the one and a half seasons that we saw her. We only saw her twice in season one, surprisingly. I feel like the that's wild to hear course, considering how big of a character she feels, you know? I know. I know. So in season one, episode seven, we first meet Abby in detention and we get Abby's like classic look. Now, Abby has her hair long and black in this episode, which is like, I feel as though is my personal favorite Abby hair. Like, what do you think? I okay. so here's the thing. I love this hair for her, and I also love that she's in red. We all know. I know I mentioned this in the episode we covered this on. Um, It's not that I don't like the dark hair, because I do. I think I just prefer the short style to Hmm. the long hair. So if she had, like, short, dark hair, I think I'd really like it. And I also think, like... I'm also a person who's like, I don't mind if people change up their hairstyle. Like, I, I like, like, okay, dark hair in the fall and light hair in the summer. It makes sense to me. Um, I love this, though. I, I love, like, yeah. I think she needs, like, a van- the vampy look works for her. Yeah. So I I watched a cameo, and she said that she came into the show with this dark hair because she just got off of a movie where they had dyed her hair dark brown. Oh. Her hair currently is very similar to the blonde hair that we see in season Interesting. two. Interesting. Okay. Which I feel like is more of her closer to her natural yeah. or her preferred preferred hair color. Yeah, I think they colored so, in her brows a bit for yeah. this dark hair. But I personally like the dark hair better. I just feel like it matches Abby Morgan's vibe as like HBIC. Yeah. I agree. Um, I like the red combined with the dark hair for sure. Yeah. Um, next up, when we see her the first time in season two in um Season two, episode two, Crossroads. We she debuts her new look and she's still like pretty conventional in her clothing. She is wearing like this halter top, more red, her power color, a short skirt, the 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 thing with like some weird embroidered flowers. We uh-huh. never really got these flowers, yeah. but the platform heels oh. um was was a look. And yeah, debuted a shorter, much shorter haircut. Above the shoulders and blonde. And I was shook. I was like, is this the same Abby? And of course it is. Yeah. Because only one person can play Abby Morgan. Yes. And that's Monica Kina. No, I love this. Uh, Mainly the reason I like this is because I love the mini skirt combined with the platform sandals. It's a look. It is a look. I don't really care for the top that much, but I love Mm -hmm. the rest of it as like a cut my hair, dyed it blonde, short skirt. It's summer. I don't give a fuck. Like that is what this is giving off. And I love it. Yeah. Uh, Following up season two, episode three, alternative lifestyles. 
we got some velour pants. Um, we got this like little, little like um, ple- uh, uh, pleasant. Was it what, peasant uh, blouse? Peasant. Oh my god! It's a pleasant I, like, blouse. Ple- ple- pleasant. Pres- I was like pleasant present. It's a very pheasant. pleasant blouse. Um, some another sort of chunky sneaker, still pretty normal, and and then. Um. Then season two episode Tamara's return. I feel like this is when we're like, oh, what's happening? Let's <laughs> let's turn this around for Abby Morgan. This this episode starts her fashion journey. In my opinion, I'm now an Abby Morgan fashion historian, and this is I feel like the turning point. Abby okay. is wearing a snakeskin mini skirt with this like gauzy jacket that's see-through and gauzy and it looks like it feels like hell um and like like a very like skinny strapped uh cardigan like what what do you think yeah um <laughs> I, the thing that we talked about it's that i moment. don't understand is i don't understand the sleeve like that i don't understand what that thing is like i, I just it's gauzy i don't get it i okay i love uh, Abby in an animal print Snakeskin ain't it Like I appreciate the like cheetah print And like mm. the you know the fuzzy animals Yes I don't really like the vibe of the snakeskin I don't know I think I think that's an excellent point Because I was going to say season 2 episode 5 Full moon rising Is the start of the Abby Morgan Animal print era yeah. But I am I'm incorrect yeah. It is actually episode 4 But the snakeskin so Season five, we see Abby spying on <laughs> spying on Jen um, in the cheetah print jacket, and this is like where the cheetah print begins. <sighs> I love it. She looks like yeah. she's gone out of her mind because she has like black pants, and like she looks like she is a really bad undercover person. <laughs> she's like, yeah. I'm going to go sneak around, so I'm going to wear black, but I also have to wear my cheetah print yeah. sweatshirt. Duh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, and then season two, episode six, the dance. Abby loves to take Asian inspiration mm-hmm. sometimes to her outfits. We cannot forget the silk dress for the dance with her black stretchy choker. Um, we got some of her PC PC hair specialties. Just an iconic look. Yeah, um, I love this. I love the choker. I love the bubble gum. Like, everything about this is very 90s. Attitude. Yeah, she has yes. that attitude. And I love when... The other thing we... I mean, we haven't mentioned too much, but, like, Abby's hair was always, like, wacky, very 90s, very, like... Yes. 20 buns, space buns, little pieces everywhere. But I feel everywhere. like it starts... At this it does. It's on. not. Yeah, because it's not present in season one. She has the dark hair. No, yes. this is where it begins. Absolutely. Yes. So season two, episode nine, I feel like we hit a peak with Abby fashion with her <laughs> debate look. Um, She is wearing a fur collared purple jacket. Little clippies. This is the clip. The clip generation. Yeah. Right now, um, a skirt. I mean, I feel like this is like so good and 
so Abby. Yeah, especially like the she has like the very skinny eyebrows, the blue eyeshadow, mm-hmm. like the fuzzy. She really loves like fuzzy things too. I think she's a very much yes. like a texture person. She loves texture. Yeah, she has the fuzzy collar, another short yes. like a mini skirt. We love it. Yeah, she's yes. also a big fan of clips. Like she she is going using clips like they're going out of style and always changing it up. Yeah. Uh, jumping to season two, episode 12, Uncharted Waters, we have a pleather um, jacket, another short skirt. This time she's wearing a headband, a choke, another choker, just more iconic looks from Abby. Um, season two, episode 16, be careful what you wish for. Another animal print moment. Um, this is a like long black uh, dress. Oh with, no, like, this was little... the one that was a. It's a crop top with a long maxi oh, skirt because they look at yes. their belly buttons. Yes, but she has yes, to yes. include that animal print, bitch, because you can't go without she loves, it. Loves animal print, mm-hmm. and then I feel like we were gifted. <laughs> With so much love in season two, episode 18, a perfect wedding for Abby's last appearance. Of course, we have her Adidas look with the many a ponytails and the stripes and the platform shoes. We have the uh, outfit that she crashed the wedding in another black dress with the black choker. Mm -hmm. And then the piece de resistance. We have this black feather jacket. Um, No ostrich was left spared (laughs) making this jacket a red shirt her classic color her hair is in like two little like twisties Mm -hmm. with like little feather poofs in her hair a long skirt an iconic abby look so um truly gifted in her last episode yeah Um, it was amazing like we saw i I just love like that we have casual abby and her adidas and then fancy abby you know what i mean yes i just think like we really i don't know i think abby had like some of the most unique looks in the show Mm -hmm. compared to like a joey who is often seen wearing like what looks to be like men's hand-me-downs or something like that like she's Mm -hmm. definitely more casual (laughs) andy is definitely more on like the preppy side i'd say like uh, Abby and Jen probably have the most variety in their styles Um, and I truly appreciate that Abby was like must have spent hours in the morning on her hair before going to school yeah I'm I really am going to miss Abby and her iconic looks so I felt like I want to pick my favorite outfit okay and you can pick your favorite outfit okay as a final like in memoriam to Abby would you like to go would you like to go first? I would like to go first. Um, here's the thing. Like, there's so many good ones. It's almost like it's it's definitely hard to choose. I feel like part of me is like I need to choose something with animal print because that really is like her thing. Or like the other part of me is like, do I choose something more like 90s? But I think what makes me think when I think of Abby, what I think of her dressed in is when she is creeping on Jen in that cheetah print jacket <laughs> and black pants. Because she just looks distressed. And I imagine that's what her head feels like half the time. Yeah. So. yeah. That's a, that's definitely a good one. It has the animal print. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it has to be... I will... Whenever I think of Abby Morgan, I will think of her in her episode... Season 2, episode 18... Um, ostrich feather moment the number one it has her signature red colorway Mm -hmm. it has her 
her feathers, her texture, has like her hair in like little with little poofs, hair accessories, yep. a red lip, which is also very Abby Morgan. This is like it, when I think of Abby Morgan and I remember the good times we had, I want to remember her in this outfit. Yeah. That was my runner up outfit. So I'm very happy you picked it. Um, yeah, we'll miss Abby. Hopefully we get another shit stirrer in the show to fuck shit up like we love I don't to think see. I'll ever love. Of course, we can't replace her, but maybe we'll get another yeah. crazy character like her. Yeah. All right. <sighs> I guess we have to put a button on the Abby Morgan show. Um, I can't believe it. Next week, season two, episode 20, Reunited. Um, as always, Boy Meets World content. Go listen to that. Uh, we we just mentioned the Sleepless in Seattle podcast with MJC. More to come in August. It is Leo season, baby. So prepare yourselves. Um, Sarah, where can they reach us if they'd like to send in lovely, lovely feedback? You can reach us um, at Shit90sPod on Twitter and Instagram. And you can email us at Shit90sPod at gmail.com. Um, you can find me at Sarah Ferguson, uh, you on community building and the Just Sterling. Yes, yeah? at the Just Sterling <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Yes, stay tuned while we finish out. We only have a few more episodes of season two. I can't believe it's it. It's crazy. Oh, I have one. Can I ask you one final question? Yes. For all the people that stayed this late. Um, so somebody also in the cameo asked Monica Kina if, she thought if Abby blames Andy or Jen for her death. And I was just wondering, do you think Abby blames Andy or Jen for her death? Um, Probably or both. Probably a little bit of both. Neither. But like, I, I think she'd put more, uh, she'd hold it more against Jen. Like, why didn't you save me, you bitch? <laughs> yeah. Monica Kina felt as though she wouldn't blame either of them. And I said, Monica, in my head, Monica, girl, Abby, blames you don't know your character. Yeah, like, I know now. your character. It's been too long for her. Yeah, I think that Abby would hold all the grudges. For sure. She 100%. She'd blame everybody at the wedding. She'd blame Andy. She'd blame Jen. She'd blame her mother. She'd blame everybody yeah. under the sun, for sure. Yeah. yeah. The, the Cape Side uh, doc cleaners yes why is the stock so slippery yes who put who this pool took here care of the, yeah who took care of the of the sea cook <laughs> stupid sea cook <laughs> the freaking sea cook killed abby morgan oh my god all right that's it okay that's it all right everybody thank you for listening we hope you join us next time for season two episode 20 of dawson's creek until then have a good one bye just ask shit 90 shows taught me When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.